0: Well, we are back. It's been a couple weeks, uh, so happy to be back on the airwaves, but not happy to be doing it on a Wednesday after the uh, obviously awful uh, incident that happened on Monday Night Football. We were actually going to do the show Monday and decided we'll wait for the game uh, to play out. So here we are on a Wednesday uh, talking about it, and obviously, DeMar Hamlin, Mark, has been the primary uh, subject of uh, sports topics over the past two days. Um, you know, if for those who somehow don't know... Uh, Just really quick. I mean, he collapsed on the field in the game, early in the game in the first quarter. Uh, What we know is that he had a heart attack of some type, a cardiac arrest, um, and needed to be revived by personnel on the field, including an ambulance that came onto the field, which is something I don't know that we've ever seen, certainly in the last uh, few decades. Um, They were able to revive him. Apparently, according to a family member, he he had to be revived again at the hospital, but he was. And the latest information we have now is that, you know, he's been intubated uh, this whole time, in induced coma. And um, it, according to some family members, some sources who are familiar with the family um, say that he's on 50% oxygen instead of a hundred percent, which is an encouraging sign. And I know that the Buffalo bills have come out saying that they are um, encouraged by the, you know, whatever yeah. progress that has been made. So yeah, obviously it's um it's terrifying. Not much that we can add. Uh, that hasn't already been said, Mark.
1: Yeah, I think you nailed it there. It, you know, uh, you're you're just. I remember, you know, Monday night we I put the game on and I'm running around the house, with my wife and the stepkids, and we're you know tr- trying to get things done and keep an eye on the game. And then all of a sudden, you know, my wife's sitting on just like, "There's like someone injured. Like what happened?" And I'm just kind of like, "What? I didn't even see the play." And I'm you know running around, it was getting dinner, you know, put away, and all of a sudden. And I'm kind of looking at it going like, oh, wow, it must be something bad. We'll wait. And then all of a sudden, a couple of minutes later, I come back and I'm like, they're still down. And I'm, you know, I hear Joe Buck talking about it. And then you also, you start to realize, oh, something is, is really, really serious. And you start seeing the reaction of the player's faces. Um, I think the only thing we could say, we talked about before we started, like in our lifetimes as sports fans, you just don't remember ever seeing anything like this. I mean, you saw people take crazy hits and then you worry about oh my god will they ever walk again but like okay they're alive they're breathing not like clear rip the pads off aed chest compressions like uh scary scary stuff um and uh, i knew right away they weren't gonna play that game i i hated how so much of the story became you know We're waiting for the NFL to decide like anyone who's trying to crush the NFL. Like, Oh, they told him warm up five more minutes. Like that game wasn't going to happen. The coaches alone, even if the NFL, you want to say the big bad NFL was going to try to make them go out there. You just knew they weren't going to play. I I mean, I, I it was so obvious to me. They weren't going to play. And it was obvious to me as a Monday night, they weren't going to play that game. Like the game just never going to happen when something like that happens. And it's that scary and it's that real because sports is an escape, right? It's like going to the movies. It's an escape. You're doing something that isn't of necessarily like real life. It doesn't in the end really matter. It doesn't matter as much as, you know, if you want to get real for a minute, like the war that's still going on in Ukraine right now, people like fighting for their freedom. Like it's not, doesn't have those real implications. Yeah. Sports is important to people, country pride. People um, have a lot of, you know uh, you know, some people tie their happiness in life to sports and everything. And, it, and it's a great, but like this is a human being and their life is in the balance. And so that, you know, obviously takes precedent over anything. Um, you know, you just, you just keep hoping for good news. I just keep waiting for that tweet from Schefter, whoever, like he's awake, he's responding. And that's what we'll keep hoping for until it happens. It's going to be a big storyline. I mean, as long as he's in the hospital, uh, I'll just also say shout out to everyone who's donated to his charity. Shout yeah, out, I know so to cool. other NFL players started. I think there was an actual GoFundMe as well, just for him in general and his yes. family to like support the family. You know, not that he necessarily maybe needs any. You're sure the bills would take care of all the medical expenses. The NFL will, but you know what I mean. Like other things, like you're, he's gonna have a lot of family that are trying to get in there. People staying in hotel rooms. And I'm sure that stuff's comped anyways, but just as a um, a nest egg for his family and everything like this, because at this point in time, it does feel as though it would be really, really um, so much would have to happen. Never see DeMar Hamlin play football again. And I don't know if he'd ever want to play football again. Who knows yeah, if he yeah. makes it through this really sketchy, uh, scary time that he's going through right now. And so, and so that's the type of heartwarming stuff that you, you do love to see to responding to this. And we keep hoping and knocking on wood here, you and I, that uh, we'll get that good tweet hopefully soon. And uh, we'll keep thinking of him. I'm glad the NFL postponed the game. I'm, I'm from the looks of it. I'm glad they're just not going to play the game. And there's kind of call it a wash, not even a tie, just the bills and the, and the Bengals played 16 games. Everyone else played 17. I know that's probably going to hurt the bills. If the chiefs win this weekend and, and, the Bills win. We'll talk about all the scenarios, but I think in the end, that's just the only logical thing that makes sense. We all can kind of agree to it and we move forward and um, um, we just keep our thoughts in the back of our head on Demar and his family and hoping we get that good news that he's up and he's doing well and uh, he's out of the woods.
0: Yeah. That's really all that matters at this point. Uh, just hoping that he's okay and, and uh, at least uh, will be um, down the road. So uh, obviously thinking about him and his family members, uh, it's a, an impossible, you know, uh, time for a lot of them to even process. I imagine right now, but yeah, the players too. I mean, I, I've heard a lot of talk uh, about therapy for the players and I think that is, um, it's good that that's entered the conversation because absolutely, uh, that's got to be just a, a complete uh, trip right there like uh, you, you don't need like just in the middle of battle you already got adrenaline all these other emotions going through your body and then it stops on a dime no. uh, you have to process something like that uh, in, in on a field of which you play on a uh, you know weekly basis so I think that is such a scary, such man, a man.
1: great point you made there and an underrated talking point in all of this is that this is I mean listen there's a reason why we've never we're acting we're reacting like this in the sports world because and it's a, and it's become a giant story. I mean, it was leading the Today Show for two mornings in a row. I mean, this is national news because we've never seen this. I mean, the last time we've seen anything like this, uh, we, I was trying to do some digging. There was, like, an NHL player in the late 90s took a puck to the chest and he had to be revived. But then he was back, like, awake and alert. And once they revived, like, there was – this is
0: – I mean, different. Even if, I mean, look, it's, it's different. Like 2015 when Ryan Chazier –
1: Went, yeah, he got uh, paralyzed. That was
0: terrifying. Obviously, it was really scary. And he was he got paralyzed on that hit. That that is probably the closest thing in terms of my memory over the last yeah. like, 25 years. But that even though that is considered close, it's still not like you knew you knew watching this game, it was it, yeah. it wasn't even that. Like it, we were you know worried you about know, uh, knowing that life Ryan and death James in the is
1: alive, It's like right. there's a it's a, just a different level. There was a moment where he was dead on the field, and um and I think, again, it is really, really rare. And if you're a football player, you have to remind yourself of that. Like, hey, every this was this is a, you know, one of the doctors are talking about if it is what they think it was where he took the hit at the right spot with the right pressure in between like beats. that half second, like half a bill a second in between beats or threw off the rhythm or whatever. Think about how many hits in football happen in the NFL every week, let alone every year. And we've never seen this before. I mean, apparently an NFL player uh, did die after, like, after a game, like, on the, the field. Like, yeah, like, died, you know. But, but again, like, in this moment, and even that, that was, like, in the 1970s. It was, I remember it was Peter King talking about that on Colin Coward's show. And that was before Peter King started covering the NFL. So this is a very, very, very rare occurrence. And I think there's a reason why you're also not seeing some sort of backlash, like, we need to ban the NFL. Because that's not what this moment is about. Obviously, the NFL has made huge strides in player safety. They will continue to make strides in player safety. But like MMA, like being a NASCAR driver or an IndyCar driver, there's only certain, being an NFL player, there is only a certain amount of safety you can actually have. In the end, it's still a violent game. NASCAR drivers, it's a violent, you're going 190 miles an hour into a turn. Like it's a violent game sport. Like it is a, you know, this isn't golf. This is not tennis. Uh, this is not swimming where, yeah, I mean, you could have a cardiac, uh, uh, episode during one of those. Cause you're exerting a lot of physical, but this is a physically violent sport like hockey, like like rugby, uh, football NASCAR. I mean, these are r- violent, violent sports, uh, MMA boxing. And so there's only a certain level of safety. You can make it. And, um, can you hope and knock on all the wood that we in our lifetimes never have to see anything like this again during an NFL game or any sort of a major sporting event? Cause it is horrifying. I mean, we saw it at the, at the world cup qualifying, what was it? Two years ago with the, the soccer player who um, right. I can't remember what, t- what team is for Norway or, uh, or one of the Netherlands or something yeah, yeah. like that. Uh, their captain like had a cardiac episode on the field. I mean, this,
0: Christian Erickson. Yeah, Christian yeah, Erickson. But it is scarier from, uh, when you Dane
1: can actually area. see the hit. Like you see T. Higgins and him collide. And so you can kind of see here's the point where it happened, as opposed to just this kind of indivisible invisible moment where a player collapses, like you've seen on NBA courts on in soccer fields before. Yeah, uh okay. again, your heart just breaks and uh you you hope that you hope that um the, the young man. Can you, again, I just keep saying, I just waiting, I keep waiting for that tweet. Like, that's like, he's up, he's okay. He's awake. And we'll keep thinking of him until we get that.
0: Definitely wishing him all the best in terms of the game, Mark. And um, you know, we're going to have a little bit different of a flow here on the football lounge uh, this time around the playoff scenarios are uh, clear now in terms of yeah. what needs to happen next week uh, to round out our, our entire playoff picture. So we're going to spend most of this episode discussing what needs to happen this upcoming week uh, to round out the playoffs, kind of who's already clinched and, and what's on the line, uh, and then go through some notes as well throughout the league, um, some start decisions, things of that sort. But before that, uh, with the game, the last, the, the latest I saw, Mark, um, and you alluded it to it there at the end. So it's perhaps something I missed, but the latest I saw was that they're not going to replay it this week, but that they haven't decidedly called the game yeah technically yeah that's is there a possibility that they push that to uh the game before the playoffs uh and then push the playoffs back because i've heard these discussions happening about messing with the playoff schedule and not having a week in between the conference championship and the super bowl
1: yeah i don't think the nfl wants to do that i think the nfl knows in the end they market these dates. These are dates they own on the calendar already. Um, they'd be risking a lot to do all of that. And for what? The possibility that the Bills get the one seed as opposed to the Chiefs. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh,
0: and, yeah. It and just I seems just, at the end of the man, day man, that man, like, man. if you're talking about a, a, a slight seeding difference... It'd probably be a different case if someone was fighting for the playoffs in general. If one of in these general, teams needed to get into playoffs, yes. um, you may have a little more urgency. So and I guess in that regard, the NFL kind of lucked out with the two teams yeah, not worrying about that aspect of it.
1: I also think, you know, part of me thinks, I think if you really pulled the Bills and Bengals players, every single one of them would just say, fuck it. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I... Yeah. You know the Bengals are already scheduled to play Saturday. It's Wednesday. I mean, this, this is going to haunt them. I, 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 I don't expect the Bengals to come out and play well on Saturday. I don't know how you expect the Bills to come out and play well on Sunday. I mean, this is a this is, but you know it's already a dark cloud over them all, and so um, to then for them have to think all right, and now they're going to what have a standalone game you know, a week from Saturday and then, and then the playoffs happen. I I don't think they want that attention. I don't think the NFL wants that. I mean, especially let's be honest. If, you know, if things are still really bad for DeMar, how that's a bad look, like, you know what I mean? In in a week and a half from now, the bills and the Bengals are playing a standalone game and Demar's still in the hospital. Like, you know, on life support or something. I mean, that it's just not a good look. I think they, if I was in the NFL, if I, if I had any say, I would tell them just walk away from it. It's not ideal, but this is a really horrific and un- unideal circumstance and a, pl- and yeah, a human yeah. being's life and is it's on the such line. An anomaly. It's, and uh, it's such an anomaly. And I, and again, I think if you really pulled bills and Bengals players, they would say, listen, I, 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 I there's nothing we could do. Just, it sucks. We, you know, Uh, If you're a bills fan and you, you know, you, we've talked about how, how many times we talked about the number one seed being really important for them. Um, You know, but I'd also argue at this point in time, I think the bills um, if they can get their minds right, are going to be playing for a lot more. I mean, they're going to have talk about a team that's going to be really motivated to come out and play well. And, and, you know, and, and, and win one for tomorrow. I mean, like, you know, and, and for the Bengals players as well, like, I mean, that was such a jarring experience for them, you know, could rally for them as well. I, you hate to think of it in any of those terms because it's such a human story, but I don't see any way it makes sense this game gets played. So I know that's what the NFL's saying from my perspective, and if I was in charge, I would just wash my hands of it and just say, focus, all focus on week 18. These two teams are going to be in the playoffs, and, uh, we, and so uh, we hope that they have great week 18s to solidify whatever spots they can get in the playoffs. And uh, and then uh, good luck once the playoffs start. Everything will stay on schedule. And our thoughts and all our focus yeah, yeah. is still with DeMar and his family. That's what I would do.
0: Yeah, no, and, and I agree. I think that's the best way to move move forward and, and just uh, get through it. I mean, I, I guess you could essentially give them a tie if you wanted to, um, but it's probably best to just leave it off. How does that kind of help? Manager. Would
1: that help or hurt their records at all? I mean, you know, I don't I mean?
0: think it would have really affected um, either way because the race is so tight. Um, you know, I think it might affect the Bengals, uh, perhaps in in terms of I them the, getting the, the division. The Bengals have
1: clinched the division, though, right?
0: I think I they just clinched the loss, playoffs. I could be wrong here. I thought uh, they the have the just clinched loss. playoffs. They've only clinched playoffs, but they play the Ravens. So the thing is, even if you put the tie in there, right, I think. League um i think that they would still have to you know win that game against the ravens to clinch it and um you know so yeah i think overall it's probably it, it probably wouldn't make a difference and it really doesn't matter either way because like we said both teams are in the playoffs yeah um, so it it would only be a matter of seeding really at the end of the day so um, yeah, well, we've got some new notes to go through, uh, before we get to these playoff scenarios and then this upcoming slate of games, uh, that we'll talk about. Obviously, now we're not focused on any of the teams that aren't in the mix, although there's quite a few in the mix that so will probably yeah. focus on most teams. Um, but for those that the Texans, the Bears, the Cardinals, all of that, we're not going to spend too much time on the Rams, etc. Um, let's get to the Bears though, real quick in our notes segment here because. Justin Fields will not be playing week 18. It was announced Nathan Peterman getting the start. I, you know, I think it's probably for the best overall. I mean, he's, he's battled injuries throughout the season. It's best to keep your quarterback, your young quarterback who has shown enough that he's going to be the franchise guy moving forward. However, Mark, obviously the kind of elephant in the room surrounding this decision is that Justin Fields, a 64 yard shot, breaking Lamar Jackson's all time season rushing record by a quarterback. Which is 1,206 yards back in 2019. How much stock are you putting in that? Are you are you bummed about it? I mean, what's the what's the feel there? Yeah, I'm bummed for him because
1: I think it's a. I mean, he is he's had the. I think this is the most prolific season a quarterback has had rushing the football uh, in NFL history. Be, even though Lamar's got more yards and Michael Vick may have been more electric and, and in winning games. I mean, Justin Fields kind of. It didn't start until like week six, week seven, that they were like, oh, we should just run Justin Fields. And he be- he's become, in my opinion, over the last, you know, eight, nine weeks of the season, he has become one of the top three or four biggest playmakers in the NFL. And I think that's what's asserted him to the the Bears will be picking one or two. Uh, and they, there's no thought they should take a quarterback at all because he has he's just yeah. become that special playmaker, especially with the quarterbacks that are at the one and two spot. Maybe if there was a Trevor Lawrence type of player, there would be some real argument I think for the Bears. But with Bryce Young, he's a, a slightly, I mean, he is a a slightly bigger, right-handed, a little more athletic version of Tua, in my opinion. I think he's got a higher ceiling than Tua, kind of uh, uh, a Kyler Murray esque when you look at number one overall pick potential. Like throws a really good ball, but a little undersized. Kyler Murray, quite a bit undersized. And then for C.J. Stroud, C.J. Stroud is a less mobile Justin Fields, more pocket Justin Fields. So like, it's not like a, Justin. It's not it's a not
0: discussion. Like, yeah, it's yeah, not,
1: it's not really a discussion. I think everybody every, everybody. I think most NFL execs right now would take Justin Fields over young. And Stroud, maybe and, there'd be some that would take Str- young over fields, but Stroud, I think certainly it'd be, it'd be lean towards Justin Fields. So either way.
0: Yeah, I mean, you take the sure thing anyway, even if it's yeah. close, you, you know what, what Justin can do at the pro level. You don't know what Bryce Young could do at the pro level. But Absolutely. could, could it so have I, worked out any better really for the bears. You, uh, well, you it, get a year this- where you see a lot of promise. You trade for a good weapon. And amidst all of that amidst the the knowledge that you have your quarterback of the future, that he's a stud, you still get the number one pick yeah. in a year where you weren't even expecting to go to the playoffs. Anyway, to me, I mean, I, I think I don't know if things could have worked out better for the bears in this regard.
1: The only thing that sucks about it is I look back at what, how I felt this bear season going in is that I felt like this bears team did have a core that was like, Oh, okay. I want to see this core perform. Then w- the way the season then went, you start realizing. Remember, the Bears were alive. I mean, they were three and four, I believe. It's a nine. Yeah, game and they were hard out.
0: They were, they were, they battled. You know, and they and still was, did throughout the end of the year. Yeah, just when, lost to every game. But when they
1: yeah. decided to trade
0: Quinn and Roquan,
1: that's when the Bears, the Bears brass made a decision. We are further away. This core is not ready yet. We are. Remember, I used to say that all the time when the Bears were three and four nine weeks ago. There's still like five A players and three B players away from being a you know like a real competitive team. And they got rid of two of their A players. Uh, and then injuries started piling up. Eddie Jackson, you know what I mean? D- Darnell Mooney. And you just started. Uh, once, once all of that piled on, yes, the best thing to do was to like, hey, can you get a top ten draft pick? Can you get a top five draft pick? And now, in the past couple of weeks, it's they may end up with the number one overall draft pick. So this is what they're going for. They're going to root for the Texans to win. They're going to start Nathan Peterman, hope he loses, and the Bears could be a team like a Jaguars this year, like a you know, uh, the teams of the past goes from worst to first really quickly because if if they can get a king's ransom to, for the first pick they would get a king's ransom for the first pick and they'd get a really nice haul for the second overall pick and with the draft picks they've already gained and the pieces they've already gained from the trades they made with Quinn and Roquan Smith plus the no one has even close to the cap space that they have they have more money to spend than everyone the bears are an open cupboard with a couple really really nice pieces so everything's all signs point to yes. And I think that's why they made the decision to sit Justin Fields. They need to lose this game to, to assure they at least get the number two pick the lose and the loss. And, you know, could get them to number one pick, depending on the Texans game, but also the worst thing to happen right now would be a freak injury to Justin Fields in the final week. I mean, that'd be a nightmare scenario, nightmare nightmare scenario. Now you never know what's going to happen. You, and knock on wood for always, always for injuries. You never know what's going to happen. But this guarantees you, you get to at least go into the off season and the training and the training camp next year with a healthy Justin Fields. And now Ryan Poles has more, uh, almost as many, will have almost as many draft picks as anyone, and more money than anyone in the NFL to go to work to build this team now around Justin Fields. So it's an exciting time. Bummer because he does deserve the record, but. Uh, it, it, this is the right decision to make.
0: So it is the Nate Peterman show and it is the Sam Howell show in Washington. Sam and Howell is going to start the rookie out of North Carolina in the finale. Uh, Perfield Yates, uh, he said that Howell will become the 65th different starting quarterback in the NFL this season. That marks the most different starting quarterbacks in a single season in the NFL excluding the 1987 strike year, which obviously we know uh, what happened with that. The replacements, all of that good stuff. But yeah, uh, some rare company is the 2022 season when it comes to quarterback play. Um, and a similar situation for the commanders, just not, not going anywhere at this point. Uh, they're just in a, in a uh, difficult spot, uh, not in the hunt. And so um, they're going to give the, the rookie a shot, see what they have in him. I'm all for that as well. Meanwhile, in New York, the uh, the New York Jets and Robert Sella seem to be, at least in the media, very firm on their stance with quarterback Zach Wilson, uh, saying that through hell or high water, that is a direct quote, that they they will work to maximize his potential. Uh, I kind of feel like a lot of this, Mark, is just them saying, saying this, um, not wanting to cause uh, a bunch of uh, distractions mid season or, you know, at the end of the season, still in play. Um, But I'm not totally convinced that this is the stance of the organization as a whole, uh, given that uh, they, we could potentially see some movement in the draft and uh, I'm sure they would take a quarterback if they had a top pick.
1: I struggle with this though, because I, I tend to agree with you, but also like then when you eventually trade him or cut him, I, you set yourself up a little bit for that, like, you know, I'm a free agent or something. Do I really want to go somewhere where it's like hey they say one thing and then they obviously do another thing. Um I th- I think that's they're setting themselves up for that a bit or the GM is at least going to take the fall for it versus solid They they're, they're Salah might be saying to them, "Listen, I need to be a a player's coach and I need to know I want my players to know I have their back no matter what. If you cut them, that's your decision, but I want at least in the media even then, I don't love that explanation because that's a lot of like back dealing about what we need to appear versus who we truly are. It's a weird situation. Um, the Jets are primed, in my opinion, to be active in the quarterback market, and maybe they're already. They concerned. need to get
0: Derek Carr.
1: Yeah, well, that's they do, but maybe they're already concerned about what that quarterback market is looking like. Maybe they feel like they have already heard some stuff that. Um. It's not going to fall their way. The Derek Carr's not interested or other things. So maybe they're, maybe they are really trying to butter Zach up a bit to try to get him to commit this offseason and come into camp. And, uh, I mean, they don't owe him much money. You bring him into camp, you might as, you know, to give him a chance. Who knows? I don't know. It's weird. I wouldn't love this as a Jets fan, though. I want to cut ties and move forward. You have a great core, you have a culture that seems to, um, uh, be transitioning. You have a coach that you kind of believe in and a defense you certainly love, and uh, I would be ready to just move on and start fresh.
0: Finally, before we get into these playoffs, uh, David Tepper has allegedly, uh, reportedly been in talks with uh, Jim Harbaugh, head coach of the Michigan Wolverines about you know possibly uh, becoming the future head coach of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, of course, this is just uh, through uh sourcing um a various uh, reporters out there some beat reporters uh, suggesting that these talks have taken place but it does seem to have gained some steam it seems credible uh Jim Harbaugh possibly on the move back to the NFL and apparently uh the price tag to get him to the league uh would be upwards of 20 million dollars a year uh you know if there's an owner willing to pay it it's probably David Tepper Uh, But that is certainly interesting. Um, Meanwhile, you know, for the Panthers in general, if they could get Jim Harbaugh, I think you should absolutely pounce. The guy was great in his years in the NFL, just had some, uh, you know, disagreements, obviously with the organization in San Francisco, but had a lot of success there with Colin Kaepernick, with Alex Smith as his quarterbacks, even getting to a Super Bowl over that span. Would he leave Michigan? That is the big question, really, especially now that they finally got not only momentum, but a solidified kind of power, Within the Big Ten to compete against Ohio State, so I'm I'm curious on your thoughts. Is one if is this would this be a good move for Jim Harbaugh, and um, you know, two would this be you know ideal for Carolina and company?
1: Jim Harbaugh is not a young man. Um, I will just this say, it's, yeah, I, I think Jim Harbaugh understands that he wants one more run at the NFL. I think Jim Harbaugh in the last couple of years has wanted to get back to the NFL. Remember, Michigan made him take a pay cut like
0: two years ago. Yeah, that, that was and, big.
1: And then he immediately turned it around last year with the playoff appearance and another back-to-back playoff appearance back-to-back wins over Ohio State. I think Jim Harbaugh knows his stock is as high as it's going to be. I know. I think he knows deep down it's going to be hard to beat Ohio State again next year. It's going to be really hard to make the playoffs again next year. We got USC and UCLA coming to the Big Ten. The college landscape is continually changing but he finally yeah. gets a quarterback. <laughs> right, yeah, right. but he also he also can leave Michigan saying, uh, you're welcome. Like, I pulled yeah, you yeah. from the depths of nothing. I got you to the playoff. I got you a quarterback. I did all these things for you. I think Jim Harbaugh, deep down, wants to win at the NFL level. He got really close. He made a Super Bowl. He made a couple NFC championship games. Things ended really poorly with the Niners. And he did all that with Alex Smith and uh, Colin Kaepernick. And so he's, and he's good with the mobile quarterback. And that's the way the NFL is going now as well. He also, remember how much success Chip Kelly had right into the NFL. Guys, now Chip Kelly forced his system, and that's why he flamed out. Remember with Pete Carroll, how much success he had right when he got to the NFL. Harbaugh's going to have a leg up. He knows everyone who is, you know, all the rookies and second year and third year guys, he's going to know them really well. On all the guys in the next two or three drafts, he's going to know really well because he's been recruiting them all from a big program in Michigan. So I think he sees this as an opportunity to get a gigantic payday to make one more run at the NFL. I think this is really real. I I think he wants to drive up his price. And I think he's open to Denver or Carolina because I think he knows um, in Denver he'd at least have Russell Wilson. And I think he thinks that he can make that work. And in Carolina, I think he sees it as an opportunity where it's a clean slate to go get a quarterback, um, whatever that quarterback may be, someone already in the NFL or go up and get aggressive and draft someone. Like Carolina's prime to me. If Chicago ends up at the one spot or the two spot, Carolina is prime as a team to like David Tepper to be aggressive. Like let's go get our guy. Like they just seem like they're ready to do that. They let Justin Fields pass by them. They've, they've made uh, bad moves before. I think they're ready to be aggressive. So um, I think Harbaugh to the NFL is really real. And I think it's, if I'm Harbaugh, there will be jobs free in the NFL next year, the year after probably. But you're getting older and you're never going to, this is the time to capitalize on a bigger payday. So I, I think it's all really real. Problem is I think Sean Payton is the prize, prize possession right now. But I think Sean Payton does not want to fix the Denver mess. And Sean Payton, I think, is waiting because I think there's going to be, you never know. It's always a playoff disappointment. Same thing may happen with the Cowboys or something. Who knows? It's, you know, if the Cowboys lose to the Bucks in round one, you think Jerry is going to be like, all right, let's just bring it on back again. Like, I I, I think I think Sean Payton's waiting, and that's going to delay a lot of teams on Harbaugh because ha- Sean Payton's number one. Harbaugh is, is a close two, but... Everyone, I think, would prefer to have Peyton over Harbaugh. I would, at least.
0: Yeah, yeah, I I do agree with that. I, I am curious to see how interested Harbaugh is in Carolina because of the situation. There's no guarantee that they're going to have a quarterback of the future there, and I'm not sure Harbaugh wants to go through three or four year process of rebuilding entirely, as um, you know, as he as you mentioned, uh, isn't getting any younger. Uh, so I think Denver would probably be a more smart fit for him overall. And it's closer to the West Coast and all of that stuff. Uh, obviously he has a lot of familiarity there. But um, you know, with Stanford and um and coaching with the 49ers. But yeah, it's um it's an interesting kind of development in the 2023 uh, 2023 offseason talk, it kind of gets us jump started there. But let's get into these playoffs. That is what you are here for. We're only a cool thirty minutes into the episode, but here we go. Yeah, with our playoff situations, this is what happens when you give these two guys a mic. We just, uh, you know, we, we we like to talk football and, and all things. Old, we haven't and, been on in, in in a week and a half. We we needed uh, we needed some time to to get through all of these. Absolutely. Uh, so I don't believe a single um, seed has been clinched, although with the Bills uh, Bengals game likely not being played. The Chiefs then would clinch the uh, number one seed in the AFC, but we're kind of open there. However, in both conferences, we are only looking for a seventh seed, uh, primarily the or the seat, final I, spot, I should say. The, final the only seed
1: that's been clinched, I believe, in the NFC is the fourth seed by the Bucs.
0: Four seeded Bucks, yeah, because they uh, they did get the uh, division. Yes, you are correct, because they are no none of the other teams are in danger of uh, of going eight nine or nine and eight at the worst. And I
1: believe. The well, no, the fourth, the sixth seed has been clinched by the Giants
0: because it's either going to be the Cowboys, yeah, yeah, you're right. It's either going to be the Cowboys or the Eagles
1: in the fifth, and then the Giants are not going to fall to the seventh. The seventh will be the Packers, the Lions, or the Seahawks.
0: Yeah, so yeah. and the worst weird. that they could have is seven losses, whereas yeah. the Seahawks and the others would have eight losses.
1: Yeah, That's it's true. weird, but I think this the the sixth seed has been clinched and the fourth yeah, and the seed, the fourth seed yeah,
0: yeah, uh, which uh, means, but yeah, they, I mean, the Eagles lost again. So, they, yeah. I mean, the two weeks without Jalen Hurts, uh, they were really close, it seemed, to starting Jalen this past week to help lock it up against uh, um, I'm already forgetting who their opponent this past week was. They played Saints. the Giants this week, the Saints, the Saints. Uh, there you go. So uh, they they keep kind of, you know, kicking the can down the road a little bit, leaving room for the 49ers to potentially get there, but we'll kind of go over that. So let's talk about the NFC first, then we'll go into the AFC. So these are who has clinched, and then I'll get into the scenarios for this week. The clinched playoffs are the Eagles, 49ers, Vikings, Bucks, Cowboys, and Giants. The NFC East has not yet been clinched. Uh, The Um, NFC North has with Minnesota, the NFC West with the the 49ers has been. uh, And so the NFC South as well with the Buccaneers. So the only division yet to be clinched is the East. And we're still looking for those other seeds that we mentioned. So the team right now is the Seattle Seahawks that if the playoffs were to start today, they would be in as the number seven seed, but they are not out of the weeds just yet. So the Seattle Seahawks, need to get a win and a Green Bay loss next week to claim a playoff berth. Meanwhile, the Packers can
1: I are in with
0: a win they, over the Lions. That's what's confusing to me. Why are, I know, because why they're are not
1: the Packers the, in right now? Because they are the ones that control their it, destiny. The only
0: thing I can think of is division record then. So because, it's,
1: as of right now, it's division record is why the Seattle – because Seattle does not control their own destiny.
0: Seattle uh, does it's not Packers. control its own yeah. destiny, and, and that is uh, confusing to me. Like I, I, I agree with you on that part um, because if Seattle wins, they are also playing a division opponent. So yeah, but I don't must, get how if they it win, be, it, it must doesn't be equal because
1: that. Of who the pa- it must be because the Packers beating the Lions. Like say maybe if the Packers were playing the Bears. Like maybe or the women opponents,
0: would, perhaps. I yeah, don't know maybe if they played the win would.
1: Yeah, it's got to be something like the win will matter enough because it's like a divisional opponent with a record, a winning record, or something like that. Did
0: the NFC North play the NFC West this year? Uh, yeah. Did the well, Bears? Play? Okay. So the
1: Seahawks The Seahawks beat.
0: Because uh, if the Bears played, played the Seahawks, the Rams, and the 49ers this year. Well, and the, Bears, um, the, the Cardinals did
1: not play the NFC, what all the NFC West. Okay. All right. All right. Cause I was
0: thinking Hawks, common opponents too, like head to head in common. The opponents. The Seahawks uh, beat but, the
1: lions. That's why the lions need the Seahawks to lose. Which the lions. This, the lions could get that the Seahawks are playing for, uh, are playing the Rams and the Rams. It's Baker Mayfield, his final chance to put some good film out there. Rams have been playing. Eh, I mean, they got the one win, the two wins, you know what I mean? Like they, I'm just saying it's not out of the woods the Seahawks oh, could lose.
0: Yeah, not at all. Not at all. That's that's very much in play. I, you know, for the Lions, it's pretty simple for them, too, um, although they need a little bit of help. So, really, of these three teams in contention, Green Bay is the one with the clearest path, win, and they're in, whereas Seattle needs to win and it needs Green Bay to lose. The Lions need to beat the Packers and they need Seattle to lose. So, even if the, yeah, Lions, the Lions win – um, they the Seahawks going to nine and eight would not be their friend as they have that tiebreaker over them and they would take the seventh seed there. and what's so.
1: glorious about the NFL moving the Packers Lions to Sunday night football it's in Green Bay right
0: the game is in Green Bay yes
1: is that no matter what happens that game obviously the Packers win and they're in so that'll be exciting for the nation to watch and the Packers are a huge draw.
0: And it'll be Sunday night football so we'll kind of know what's on the line at that point. If if the if at that point in
1: time the Seahawks have already won and the Lions are eliminated, the Lions have a chance to prevent Ruined, the Packers absolutely. from getting yeah, yeah. in. So they'll still I, be motivated to play. I think, I don't think the Lions would be any less motivated that alone will motivate them the lions like the bears and the vikings the packers are the the evil doer the evil that is the pure evil of the division the and then it's you know the, the packers they just take pleasure in being the bears so it's like they the lions they that that'll be meaningful football for them anyways so it um it This is much easier to sort out than the kind of one seed, five seed, two seed, three seed. It's a much more convoluted picture uh, at the top of the NFC.
0: Yeah. And I mean, in terms of that number one seed, the Eagles would clinch it. um, They would clinch the division with a win or a Dallas loss. So either one of those two scenarios, they clinch the division. They could clinch the number one seed if they get a win Or both Dallas and San Francisco lose as well. Yeah. So there's still those opportunities out there for the Eagles, which makes me think that they may turn back to Gardner Minshew once again. Although I don't I mean, like we've talked about in the past, you really want Jalen Hurts to be nearly two months uh, without football uh, before getting thrown into a playoff game. I mean, that that's a tough sell. Uh, but if he's not ready to go you probably don't want to risk that too much and you know Gardner can get you the win against the Giants certainly is capable of that San Fran though could get the number 1 seed if they win and Philadelphia loses so that's the path for the 49ers yeah Minnesota Finn and Philly loses
1: Minnesota can't get the one seed but Dallas they, not.
0: they are out San of contention Fran,
1: Dallas and San Fran can yes so this is really to me this is really important um Philly San Francisco, Dallas, whoever gets the one seed to me will become the instant favorite in the NFC. I don't think any of those teams right now, right now, I don't trust any of them to win the Super Bowl. Like, no, no, like if Philly in the last two weeks has fallen off for me, not because they've lost two in a row and they just got to downgrade them, they've gotten beat up in those two games, like injured wise. Lane Johnson. There's you know there's all this, like he's now gonna not he's gonna postpone surgery to keep playing you never love to see that like it's an injury that well, probably should get some surgery but they're gonna not do it yeah. they lost another one of their edge rushers um you know their their defensive uh uh line got a little beat up so uh, Philly is is worrying me obviously Jalen Hurts health is is a concern into that as well as much as the Niners are playing really good football it's still it's Brock Purdy so like I don't. <laughs> I just don't know how to feel come the playoffs with Brock Purdy. So it's really, really important for all three of them to get the one seed. I think um, if you're the Giants, you look at it like this. If I was the Giants, you're not going to have to play either the Cowboys or the Eagles in the first round because the Giants are the sixth seed. So there's most likely the Giants will have to play either the Vikings or the Niners
0: in the first round. I think they could play the Cowboys, though, right? They could. They could, yeah.
1: If the Cowboys – again, if the Cowboys win, the Eagles lose, but the Niners – you know what I mean? Like, there's chances, but I – It's unlikely. It is less likely. I just think if I'm the the Giants, I may also – you know you're the 16 no matter what. I may rest guys. Like, if I'm the Giants – I might rest guys and take this as kind of like a bye week. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean
0: definitely like Saquon and stuff like that. So
1: I think I'm going to predict the Eagles win, and they lock up the one seed. They get a win, and that and it's kind of a reset for the Eagles. And uh, and uh, that that's that's what I'm going with. That's what my with gut Minshew says. With
0: Minshew or with Jalen Hurts? No, I think Hurts is going to play. You think he's gonna play? I think, yeah. I, I, think, mean, I think, I think, I think if he does panicking. play, that they definitely win. Including, I think Kansas
1: they're Kansas. panicking, and I think they're gonna play him. Um, and so I, I also at that point. I mean, in look time-
0: how valuable, how valuable that buy is. We've talked about it before. Like, oh, I know this is no joke. I mean, you, it, 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 I mean, wins are hard to come by in the NFL, right? We've talked about it a million times. Like now that there's only one team that gets a buy, that is the extra special, you know, treat at the, you know, at the end of it. um. So, yeah, if I were them, you know, you probably do want to go head first at this thing and yeah. try and get that.
1: I think the, I think the Eagles, the, um, this is my prediction. I think the Eagles, the Cardinals, uh, the Niners, and the Cowboys will all win. So if that happens, what happens, Dan? It's, it's Eagles one, Niners two, Niners Cowboys two. five. Vikings will Well, it depends if
0: the Vikings, Vikings lose, Cowboys can jump up to 3 then. Well, no, cuz
1: uh, no no, cuz the Vi- I'm checking the Eagles win so they're going to win their division. So the highest then they the can Oh, right, right, yeah, yes,
0: yes. is yes, 5. You're right, yeah. So
1: I'm going Eagles, correct. I'm going Eagles 1. If the Niners win, they clinch the 2, correct?
0: If the Niners win, they clinch the 2. Yeah, okay, it'd be so 13 I'm, and 4 regardless per- of what the Vikings do. I'm
1: predicting I'm predicting, let's put it on record. Uh, Eagles one seed, Niners two seed, Vikings three seed, Bucks four seed, uh, Cowboys
0: five, Giants Giant six, six. six, and,
1: then... and I... I wanted to be the Lions so bad. I, I would.
0: I think we both like, and that's the sentiment most people. Most people want Detroit I out want of these three the teams. Let's get Detroit in there. But what I really want, what I like really like it's really gonna really, be really
1: really 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 want, what I really want is the Rams to beat the Seahawks because I don't want to see the Seahawks in it. I don't want to see the Seahawks. So I'm going to predict the Rams beat the Seahawks. They and you'd like to like see
0: the-, the lions play the Cowboys with both teams fighting for that. Spot yeah. The Lions yeah.
1: Packers with, with everything on the line, winning, in. it will be, be a great Sunday Friday. night game. And, I, I, and so I'll, I'll make a bold prediction. I'm going to say that the, Baker Mayfield leads the Rams to an upset victory over the Seahawks, and I'm going to take Jared Goff to throw three touchdowns. Aaron Rodgers, there it is, a late pick, and the and the Detroit Lions win Sunday Night Football. Take care of the Packers. So my prediction:
0: Eagles,
1: Niners, Vikings, Bucks, uh, Cowboys, uh, Giants, Lions, and I'll say this. I, if it's not the Lions, I want the Packers to get in so they get absolutely shit-rocked by the Niners in San
0: Francisco <laughs> again. There you go. There you go. Well, it's a, it's wanted, a win-win then, really. I want it.
1: How many? Three years in a row, four of the last, like, six years.
0: That's true. It would Rodgers, be a perfect situation to set up for them to Rodgers go back to the –
1: Just face F uh, yeah.
0: by the Niners again. This is my prediction here. I actually – I I think I agree with you on the Rams. I And I – I think it's a mix of things. Uh, yeah. They got that Baker swag with them. They've, they've had nothing to play for really, except for pride the past couple of weeks and they played pretty well. Um, Seattle has been spiraling and I think they're, I think they're taking too many risks at this point. That's kind of a dangerous thing to do with a team that has nothing to lose. I, I, I kind of feel like that's all setting it up. Uh, and part of me wants this to be the case as well. So I'm I'm going to throw that in there. I'm going to say the Rams, Beat the Seahawks. We're going to Sunday Night Football with a a chance to see both teams playing for it, and then I think those evil bastards uh, in Wisconsin are going to ruin the whole narrative and win, and then get into the playoffs here, and then they'll lose to the 49ers in the uh, you know that, that first okay opening round that. of playoffs.
1: If that's what happens. Yeah. I'm okay with it. That's I'm all right. Okay. But I'll just say this: Lions Niners. I could smell
0: an upset. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's <laughs> There you go. Like, I, so, I, I think uh, I think we'd both take the 49ers. All All
1: right. So I think that's a good that's a good look at the NFC playoffs. I'll just say this: in the end, the word to me, the worst case scenario for the NFC playoffs. Here's the thing: if I'm the NFL and I'm looking at it in the NFC, I think the Eagles are a great story. And Jalen Hurts is a marketable future star. And Philly is a great market. They won a Super Bowl a couple years ago, but it's a a different vibe. It's not like the Patriots and now they're back again. If I'm the NFL, I look at the NFC and I'm pro the Eagles winning the NFC. The NFL would be pro the Cowboys winning the NFC because of ratings. Fans, I think, I also think it'd be great talking point. Um, And then the Niners... But I think, but as far as like a really good Super Bowl game, at this point in time, I think the only two teams that would be even competitive with whoever makes it out of the AFC of the juggernaut big three, because I think it's going to be one of the big juggernaut three in the NFC, in the AFC. I think the Eagles and the Niners could be competitive. It would at least be a fun Super Bowl, intriguing Super Bowl to watch. The Niners, a lot of them have been there before best defense in football they have a ton of weapons and with the Eagles they can score Jalen Hurts is a weapon they have great wide receivers they have a great defensive front a solid offensive line so they could hang tough with Mahomes and Allen and Burrow throwing them right hooks and left hooks so if I'm the NFL any of those three teams making the Super Bowl would be I think a win for us as fans as far as good games go I think Eagles or Niners, I don't think the Cowboys would be very competitive in the NFL in the in a Super Bowl versus those. I don't those think teams.
0: so either. I, I don't think the Cowboys get to the championship game. I'm still not high yeah. on them. We'll talk more next week when we kind of get into our playoff predictions. Yeah. Um But I just – you know, they, they have talent, but they've had talent for the last decade. I, it's Are just, you feeling – Very similar to Minnesota for me. Yeah.
1: Well, and we've talked all along about Minnesota and not believing in them. And, th- and last week was a great example – I know we didn't recap last week's games, but that game was a great example of why we've said all fricking season. You can't trust Kirk Cousins. I mean, that, I mean, that was pathetic. I mean, yeah, in green now. Bay, you, they, the Vikings were playing for everything. The one seemed to still on the line for them. I mean, they, and they lay an egg like that and Kirk cousins looked terrible. They could only get to honestly, Justin Jefferson's the MVP for the Vikings. I mean, he, they held him to what one catch for like seven yards and and they were just in, and the Vikings were overwhelmed by a Packers team that is playing better, but the Packers are not a great football team. It just was, but that's Kirk cousins. I mean, that is, that is why we weren't scared of the Vikings and the Vikings are going to make the playoffs. The Vikings could maybe win a game, but we're not scared of them at all.
0: No, definitely not. All right, let's shift uh, gears to the AFC. The uh, We also have six uh, teams that have made it and clinched uh, a spot in the playoffs. That is the Chiefs, the Bills, Bengals, Chargers, and Ravens. So um, Ravens and Bengals playing this week uh, now for the division uh, with that on the line and, um, you know, potentially bumping the Bengals out of the three seed all the way down to the, well, I guess it would be the five for them. Uh, most likely, I don't know how it would shake out with the Chargers should the Chargers win. They play the Broncos. Yeah. Um, but right now, Chargers at the five seed, Ravens at the six seed. And then we've got you know about five teams really in the hunt here. So we know that um, on Saturday night, the Jaguars and the uh, Tennessee Titans are going to play for the AFC South, both teams playing for the division with all of that on the line. However, the Jags could, even with a loss, still technically make the playoffs as a wildcard team. They they would need a lot of help. They would need Pittsburgh, Miami, and New England all to lose, but there is a pathway there. Tennessee's only path to the playoffs, however, is beating Jacksonville this Saturday night uh, to win the division. The Chiefs would get the number one seed if the Buffalo Cincinnati game just straight up doesn't happen, which we think is going to be the case. Chiefs then are going to get the one seed. The Patriots, they have the clearest path to the playoff of anyone in the hunt. They win, they're in. They play the Buffalo Bills, though, in Buffalo. Tough one there uh, against the Bills, division rival, yeah. all of that. We know that. And now knowing that the Bills are still going to be playing for something, they're going to be playing for a spot. And as the two seed, as opposed to a, uh, you know, a lower seed there, the dolphins, they need a win at home against the jets and a new England loss to Buffalo, which seems likely. So the dolphins have the second easiest road to the playoffs here. They're starting a third uh, stringer. It looks like, and it looks like, uh, yeah, it looks like uh, Skylar Thompson's going to be the guy at quarterback with Teddy Bridgewater, breaking his finger, or um, something similar to that. I don't know if it was like a clear break, but it, it, a finger injury that's keeping him out. We know Tua uh, is not health, healthy enough to play. So this is a tough situation for Miami as well. And a home game against the Jets, maybe before the season seemed a little bit more of a, a gimme than it does right now, even though they've got uh you know, had a, a quarterback carousel there in New York, the Steelers then come into play here. They need a win over Cleveland And they need a Miami loss to New York and a new England loss to Buffalo. Both seem, you know, somewhat certainly plausible as we've talked about here. Um, Uh, But the Steelers would need those to play out to get in as well. So those are the scenarios there for those uh, remaining, you know, five teams really that are playing for contention, um, but all five competing just for uh, essentially one spot right now in the playoffs. Let's just start with Saturday. I think, I think it's
1: easy for me to sit here and say, I feel very confident the chiefs will beat the Raiders locking up the one seed, getting agree, the bye, like Patrick Mahomes, solidifying uh, his MVP status. And then I think it's very um, easy to sit here and say, I'm very confident Saturday night, the Jaguars will play good enough football, even maybe an error or two. It might be tighter than you think. Josh Dobbs is going to a second start in a row. I feel, I feel confident the Jaguars will beat the ta- Titans and win the NFC, the AFC South. I feel confident. Do you, you on those other two other. games, how do you feel about that as well?
0: Yeah, I'm totally on board. I mean, the chiefs will beat the Raiders. I think that's a very um, easy prediction to make obviously any given Sunday or Saturday for that matter. But yeah, I, I'm super confident chiefs over Raiders. J- just make sure no other options on the table, just secure the one seed get it over with. Uh, they'll do it. The Jags uh, will win against the Titans. Uh, the Titans have just looked bad the last really month of the season. I mean, quarterback play aside, they haven't had Tannehill obviously for a little while now. Um, it's just not, not up to, up to par. And the running game isn't uh, particularly, uh, you know, doing well for them either Yeah. Uh, with Derrick Henry, without Derrick Henry, any of that. So it's been, it's been tough and their defense is just porous. So, Uh, Trevor Lawrence thing is going to carve up that secondary. That's just been injured and and bad all season long. And me, I mean, just look at the state of the two teams. One team is, has been on the rise for six weeks. The other team has been in a downward spiral. Uh, I, and I think that alone is going to give you Jack. It just
1: makes you nervous to feel confident about the Jags. It is. It's just weird thing to sit here. And you know, the crazy thing is, you
0: know, Jags win and they're hosting a playoff game. Yeah. I mean, Look at that, that to me also outside of the play that we've seen from Trevor Lawrence, where we've talked about, okay, he's finally arrived. Like that alone just shows you everything you've got. Like we're talking second year for this guy coming off of a, yeah. the most dysfunction that you can have with urban Meyer at the helm and just a disaster of a year in year two. to now we see the on-field improvement, but to get a division title with this guy to host a playoff game, talk about the turnaround. Uh, in one year to get Doug Brederson at the helm yeah. to get this guy in here. Oh yeah. And as we've mentioned, Kelvin Ridley coming back with uh, next season for him. Uh, this is going to be a quick turnaround for the Jacksonville Jaguars.
1: It's not as impressive as Joe, what Joe Burrow did last year near two, but it's close. It's darn close. close. And one of the reasons it is not as impressive is that Burrow I mean, from the start of the season in year two, kind of like, I mean, he just jumped off the page. It's been a slow build for Trevor Lawrence, but now he You could say it's
0: offset, though, by ch- ch- having Chase Higgins and Mixon. Um, True, but, but, uh, but, you know- I
1: would also argue their organizations are just as, I mean, they're both bad organizations. Yeah, I'd argue the Jags are a little worse, but they're both not g- historically great organizations. I would also just say, though, the Bengals are in- especially last year we did just a tougher division i mean the nfc south has just been poop this year
0: i mean yeah it's been
1: absolute poop but i'm 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 confident the jaguars it's weird to say but i'm i feel good about that so having said that we both agree the chiefs will be the one the jags will lock up the four so then going forward i feel good that the bills are going to absolutely shit pump the patriots at home Buffalo noon game. I think there's gonna be so much emotion. I think they're gonna come out and they are. It's gonna be. Um, I I just I just think there's gonna be so much emotion. They're gonna in play that inspired
0: football. Yeah, they're gonna to play. To
1: now and there might be a chance where it gets close or like midway through the second. You know, all of a sudden it's 10-10, and you know the you know Josh Allen throws a pick or there's a fumble or something happens because they're playing almost too emotional. But I think the Bills, once they actually get through it and get through halftime and like settle in, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna play really inspired football. I think they'll win. So by that scenario, I think the Bills then lock up the two. I think the Bengals will take care of the Ravens because even though the Bengals are also shell shocked about what happened. I think the Bengals are just a better team, and I you know they're just and even if Lamar plays. He's talking about Rusty, and I don't even know if they should play him. I've, I'm the Ravens. You locked up a playoff spot. Just at this point, does it really matter that much? Like Lamar being 100% healthy is the most important thing. And if you can give him another week, but we'll see. But I'll, I'll take the Bengals. So I'll have the Bengals locking up the three seed. And then that leaves you with the Dolphins-Steelers for that seventh and final seed. The Dolphins are starting a kid, Skyler Thompson, who grew up ten miles from where I'm sitting right now, across the river in Missouri. Oh wow, nice! And uh, I think the Jets are going to win that game. I, I, I think that I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to beat the Browns. I think the Pittsburgh Steelers and Kenny. And Pickett, as Mike Tomlin said to him after that drive, that was a great clip, by the way. Yeah, that was a great clip. Word.
0: Awesome. Yeah, he
1: comes off after that game-winning drive, and Mike Tomlin—you can see him mouthing, "Kenny fucking Pickett," right at Kenny Pickett as he's walking off. Like that is the. Co- there are a few things that can be cool. Like, I can't imagine things being said to me by people, but if I'm the quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers and I'm a rookie, and Mike tomlin is looking at me as I'm walking up the field after a game winning drive and yells my name with the F word in the middle. That's like the coolest thing that could ever happen.
0: To yeah. You. Yeah. I think that instills some confidence, man. That was a, that was a huge, uh, I, I huge think the some stones
1: picket outplays Deshaun Watson. I think the Steelers at home outplay the Browns. I think everything falls for them. I think the Bills win. I think the Jets win with Mike White and the, a bounce back game for him to kind of instill that he is your backup quarterback going forward. He's got a place in this league against a third string in Miami, uh, you know, playing uh, not good football. And they, they, I mean, the, the dolphins just signed Mike Glenn in the practice squad guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's how desperate they are. I mean, I'm serious. Yeah. That's, no, yeah, they're, they're, it's they're not good. Yeah. Not good. Can't be good vibes in the dolphins locker room. The jets win the Bengals win the bills, win the Stellars win. Now, if the dolphins lose the, the, and the Steelers lose and the Patriots lose who gets in.
0: If the Dolphins Steelers Patriots lose and, and the, Patriots the Jaguars now. lose, then the Jaguars would, no, would no. get in. Well, um, no, the Jaguars well I'm win. just saying the, the Jaguars would get in if they lost. And all of those three teams also lost. Okay. So they, they would get in in that situation. But If the Jag- if all three the teams Tigers. lose though, then the Patriots so the Patriots um, are in that spot. So the have, Patriots. Yes. So the if you're a
1: Patriots fan, you are rooting hard for the Jets and the Browns, and the and the Jags this week.
0: Basically, yeah.
1: And it's interesting. Well, and <laughs>
0: yourselves. I mean, you, yeah. if, if you win, you take kind of you take care you of win. It yourself, and and you get in there. Yeah. So um, um uh, that's my prediction. I'm
1: going to say the Chiefs are your one seed. The Bills are your two seed. The Bengals win, they get the three. Jags win, they get the four and then i'll take um a chargers win with the ravens loss. chargers get the 5 they get to go to jacksonville ravens get the 6 they get to go right back to cincinnati and then the um and then the pittsburgh Stellas get the tough assignment of going to buffalo, buffalo. to get buzz sawed and run over by the bills but mike tomlin keeps his record of over 500 every season and Kenny fucking Pickett.
0: Kenny Pickett. Kenny. I love that.
1: That video was one of my favorite things I've ever seen. I it's, watched it like so a cool. million times.
0: It was, it was so badass. Yeah, I mean that just shows you like Mike Tomlin's just a, a really good player's coach. Man, he gets behind his guys and uh, and loves to see it. But um, yeah, I mean, I I'm, I'll just say you know just on that real quick. Um, super encouraged by how this season has played out in terms of watching Kenny progress. I mean it. It does feel like we've seen so much that, like, going into year two, I'm pretty confident that we'll know really early, uh, if not already, yeah. kind of that we might have our guy, um, at least a guy that we're going to build around that's going to be here for five, six years, um, unless something, you know, completely falls off. But, he, I mean, he's been improving, yeah. and, I mean, he didn't play well that game necessarily. They They kept stalling in the red zone, which is not good. Uh, But to lead a a team in a heated rivalry, his first uh, Ravens game in Baltimore, um, I think that showed a lot. To to if I was if I was a Steelers fan, I'd feel similar. I would want
1: I'd want two things to happen. I'd feel confident going into year two. Like I need to see growth, right? You got to see growth by Thanksgiving of next year. That's when it's like, all right, it's got to be clicking. Like with Trevor Lawrence, year two, you you got about a year and a half in the NFL now as a rookie get to start. And then by like Thanksgiving year two, I need to be like, all right, it's the lights are on. I'm seeing the flashes. You know, that's how we felt with Justin Fields this year too. Like, okay, by Thanksgiving, you've seen the plays. You're like, this kid can play. If I'm a Steelers fan, I'd want two things. I'd want a new offensive coordinator. And I know I kind of hate that because it's another new offense for a young quarterback, but I I just, I think Matt Cannon is a detriment to your team. And then I would need to invest heavily in the offensive line. If the Steelers can all of a sudden have a top 10 offensive line, that helps Kenny Pickett because Kenny Pickett at his ceiling right now looks like he could be a a Jared Goff or a maybe a slightly better version of Jared Goff. And that's not a bad thing. That means you can make Super Bowls. That means you can have really great play. But when has Jared Goff been most successful this year? and those years with the Rams when they had an elite run game and a great offensive line. because I kind of liken it
0: right now to, like, Alex Alex Smith Smith. Um, because because of the mobility factor, too. So, like, a guy you can consistently get to playoffs with and, yeah. Yeah. Isn't going to kill you. It's not the worst thing in the NFL to be at,
1: especially with a great organization like the Steelers. That's a bad place to be when you have a bad organization like the Bears and the Commanders and, you know, the Bengals. You know that's what you saw for Andy Dalton all these years. We're just like, what are we doing? Or like the Bears, when it's like with Mitchell Trubisky, it's like, we're not good enough or, for that matter. Yeah, we're not a good enough organization to elevate like a guy who's 12, 13th best. But the Steelers are an organization that's like, no, we can elevate a guy who's that type of, you know, that type of uh, quarterback. So I, I would feel positive about Kenny Pickett. I would want a new offensive coordinator. I'd want a new offensive line.
0: I am not, not confident, confident uh, in uh, your scenario outcome, although I greatly, greatly want it to happen. Yeah. So I'll certainly be pulling for it. I feel like the bills will beat the Patriots. Uh, I am confident in that lock up that two seed. I think the bit, uh, the Steelers will beat the Browns. Uh, but I, I think that somehow the dolphins are going to find a way at home to beat New York and uh, just out them. Finally get that run game going again. Um, And, and, you know, Skyler Thompson's also kind of playing with his hair on fire. Uh, so that's, that could be a scary element. I mean, the fact that they're at home is is a big bonus, but the New York jets are slightly favored on the road, which, you know, gives you some comfort. Um, and, you know, like I said, like those scenarios can certainly play out the Steelers, they started two and six with, you know, and then in towards the end of that run had a rookie quarterback inserted into the mix at a really rough offensive line, yeah. rough offensive coordinator for them to be in this spot is beyond. I did not expect any of this. Like I did at the beginning of the year, say like, I think this team could go nine and eight, ten and seven. But then when we saw just the disaster, that was like the Mitchell Trubisky experiment. Uh, then we, w- w- when we inserted a rookie into the mix, uh, the growing pains there, I was not confident after a two and six, yeah. to get to this point. Very impressive. I feel like if they get in, Tomlin needs to be a candidate for coach of the year. I don't know if he would get it, but like,
1: do you guys in in
0: that mix? Right. Like that. He's never won it in his career. Like that would, that would be the time to do it. I would, he's had
1: a a heart. I mean, he's had an impressive year when you consider all things. I think Pete Carroll, especially if they make it as well, uh, Brian Dable, if they make it, um, Doug Peterson, if they win the division, uh, certainly has to be, a, there's a, a lot of
0: candidates. I mean, Sirianni, if he gets the one seed, like, yeah, okay, no, I, are I, I mean, you got
1: that. Uh, I, I agree. There was a lot of surprises. Lot. this year. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of things that, uh, you know, we, uh, five months ago, we said at the beginning of the season, we thought it's going to be Rams. It's going to be Niners. It's going to be Cardinals. It's going to be, uh, Packers at the top of the NFC, the Buccaneers at the top of the NFC. And it's just been anything like that in the NFC and then the AFC, the, uh, you know, the the Broncos completely underwhelmed. The Chargers have finally found their stride and I think are kind of coming into what most people thought they'd be a wild card team. I think I had them in the wild card. Uh, but then, you know, the Jets came out of nowhere. The Giants came out of nowhere. There's a lot of uh, surprises in the NFL this
0: year. Yeah, Seahawks definitely shocked a lot of people. Um, The Jags for sure. I see this AFC playing out pretty much how it's stacked right now. The Chiefs at the one, Bills two. Uh, Bengals three, I think they do beat the, uh, Ravens regardless of circumstance at quarterback. Uh, so they're at three, uh, and then at four would be the Jags, five chargers, six Ravens. And then in that seven spot, I'd have the, uh, the dolphins, uh, somehow getting in there, uh, and finding that spot, but that would be either the dolphins or, um, probably Steelers would be those two most likely in that spot. So that's kind of how I see that playing out. And I think, um, you know, we'll talk more about kind of how we see these teams shaking out in the first and second rounds uh, on the road to the Super Bowl. But um do you agree with that situation? I know that you had the Bengals winning too, so you got to have them at the three, and then yeah, Jags at the four. So Jags
1: four, and then I have yeah, Chargers, Ravens, and, I'll, and then I'll take you the have Steelers. the Steelers,
0: obviously, in there. So yeah, um, I mean, I just I think I think
1: the thing that would the only thing that would really throw that off is the Bengals at the Ray, uh, the Bengals Ravens game is, is going to be a tough one. I, I mean, I think the Bengals are the better team. And I think that, but I think the Bengals are dealing with mentally a ton and to play, you know, it'd be like if the bills were playing the chiefs or, you know, the Ravens or another, like the bills, the Patriots are just such a bad offense right now and not playing great football. I feel confident the bills will come on out and play inspired football. And even if it's emotional, they may make a mistake or two, um, but they'll get they'll get it right against a team in the Patriots that's just not potent offensively. Um, that It does worry me. For the Bengals, they're dealing with a ton of emotional uh, stress and trauma right now as well. And the Ravens are fighting for everything. You know what I mean? Uh, in And um, this game, if you were a Bengals fan, maybe was you know not supposed to if things had gone the way you planned it, and Monday night you win against Buffalo, you lock up your division. This game for you would have been icing on the cake of like, hey, we can maybe make a run at the at the one seed or the two seed depending on an upset. But now all of a sudden, you got to reformulate everything in your head, deal with the trauma you went through, and now you're playing for the division. I mean, it seems wild that we're in that spot because. The Ravens have had such a weird year, and the Bengals have had such a great last seven games. But here we are, and this game, this game means everything. But that's the where I could see it maybe getting thrown off a bit. But either way, you flop it, and I think the teams will still. I guess if that happens, then what? The Ravens would be the three,
0: the Bengals would be the five, Bengals would be six.
1: So the Bengals and Ravens would not play each other. So, yeah. I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world for the for the Bengals either to lose. If they win most, then they're gonna play. Ninety percent chance they're gonna play the Ravens again back to back weeks. If they lose, yeah, they yeah they're on the road, but you get to avoid the Ravens, you know, and then you get to go you get to go at, you know, a Jags team that would be, I feel like,
0: easy yeah, shooting, you, easy you would pickings. Pick burrow burrow over uh, maybe not and, and the at worst point
1: Maybe not the worst yeah. thing in the world for the Bengals to lose but i i don't that's think true. the Bengals are i don't think they're thinking that and built that way but yeah, uh
0: and you want to host a game I maybe mean, you just you, you want to be able to host that yeah and, uh, that's that's always a factor for sure so yeah a lot of storylines to play out it, despite you know most of the uh seedings um all but you know kind of locked up um it, it, there's still plenty of games with playoff implications this week and that's how we like it that's how the nfl likes it for week 18 so should be an exciting slate to watch which again begins saturday with those two games chiefs raiders titans jags so we'll be looking for that but anything else mark before we kind of sign off here um the only thing that i was gonna
1: say we didn't talk a ton of Derek Carr. And That is, yeah, that's true. The, we should
0: have included that in the notes for sure. One
1: of the things that I just wanted to say was, I I went a, li- a big rant on Derek Carr on my Saturday show on Saturday, and then I learned today from Albert Breer on while listening to the herd with Colin Coward. So I don't want to take, you know, I'm trying to give you the sourcing of where I heard it from. That this, uh, the idea of people trading for Derek Carr is probably not going to happen. I think Derek Carr is going to get cut, so. The way Albert Breer laid it out is that Derek Carr has no trade clause. Good for Derek Carr. So if you're Derek Carr, unless you are, you know, you get some sort of great benefit and a team says we're going to trade and do a sign and trade because we want to immediately sign to a long deal, you could have to sign off on it anyways. But all of this has to happen by February 15th, the
0: Super Before Bowl. Before guaranteed kicks in right the
1: Super Bowl is the 12th so we we're going to be talking like Derek Carr and then free agency is not till March like when when all that so Derek Carr if you're cut you can do whatever whenever so Derek Carr could have a a month head start on every other team about finding his new team so that's going to be a really interesting storyline for us to watch come a month from now when we're into, when we're you know late in the playoffs, because the the Raiders will cut him probably. I think, well, the Raiders got to trade him, get something for him. That's not as important to the Raiders. It's just not paying him. That's the Raiders just can't pay him. That is their thing. They're poor. So they can't pay him. So I found that fascinating because I would that thought never crossed my mind when I was talking about it on Saturday, that they would just cut him. But Albert Breer went through the contract, figured out that's the most important thing. So that is going to be a big date to look for. And then you got to wonder if you are a team that as soon as Derek Carr comes to the market, do you go and get aggressive for Derek Carr right away? Or Tom Brady could be available. Do you believe in Jimmy Garoppolo more than Derek Carr? Maybe the discounted price. What is Derek Carr going to be asking for? Um, uh, you know, it looks like Brian Tannehill might become a free agent as well. We could
0: see Kirk Cousins on the move this offseason. Be- that, that's a possibility. So
1: there's a lot. Like it's a it's going to be a. Uh, we're already starting that. That's the kind of the first though big seed I wanted to drop in. I found that information out, so I wanted to share it here because I thought that was really fascinating.
0: That is, yeah. Now it'd be very interesting to see what teams uh are you know heavily invested in Derek Carr. I'd, I'd imagine you know he is a good good enough quarterback to to be playing and to be in a, a top, you know, 15 guy, uh, top 10, potentially. If um, you were Derek Carr, where would places. you want to go? I mean, if if you're Derek Carr, I think the most attractive spot, probably um, if they would be interested, would be Carolina or New York, I, the Jets. I mean, uh, I, but I would say probably Carolina. Um,
1: I would tend to agree Carolina or New Orleans is also sneaky because they have a ton yes. of weapons.
0: Yeah. New Orleans can, NFC, and an easy yeah. division.
1: It's the NFC South 'cause cause the Tampa might come open too, but I don't yeah, know if I'd yeah, want yeah, to go to Tampa. Yeah. Tampa looks like they're primed for a teardown rebuild. So they're kind of falling apart and the, the way their contracts
0: are are yeah, I mean the, the division's like- enticing for for the Carolina or the Saints. Um, yeah, either one, you'd have a good good chance. And Atlanta of, but don't the Jets would be too the Jets defense playing great. Um so really they're a but they're a competent quarterback potentially away with Bill Belichick, young weapons.
1: Yeah, you Bill Belichick and Josh yeah. Allen in that division. Sure. You sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, at this point though, the outside of the South, there's every division's got some studs. Yeah. Uh, No,
1: I would, the South's, I mean, you would, if you're Derek Carr, I would be honing in on, on Tennessee. I would be honing in on, on Carolina. And then I'd keep my, I'd keep my options open with the jets, the saints, the Falcons and the Colts.
0: And yeah, uh, I, the commander's so, situation would be yeah. enticing if it was a better organization. I just, uh, yeah, I uh, struggle I think with, you'd stray away from that.
1: I think if you're Derek Carr, you've been with the Raiders <laughs> like, right. yeah, at least the Carolina Panthers, not that they're like a historic franchise, but they're not like a good God, dysfunctional franchise. Like,
0: right. Right. Raiders
1: are dysfunctional. The commanders are dysfunctional. The Bears are like historic, just kind of bad. But the commanders have gone from historic to just, oh, uh, uh, absolute mess, like mess, mess, mess. And I don't know if you're Derek Carr, you want to you wanna risk that. But you you start yeah. to say that too, Dan, and that's what's crazy. Think about how many teams we just named there. And there's most know, likely, I know. I know. you're to me right now, the projections go, there's three quarterbacks probably that are first rounders uh that are legitimate first rounders and that's stroud young and levis levis yeah and so stroud and young look like especially after that college football playoff weekend they could be one and two levis maybe top 10 certainly top 15 and then that that only solves you know a, a third of the other teams that i listed so Derek Carr's is going to have some options and um you know, all of a sudden Derek Carr and Jim Harbaugh show up in uh Carolina with DJ Moore and that young defense.
0: Yeah, watch out. Watch out. That would be very, very interesting. Yeah, lots to look for, lots of lots to watch out for this weekend. All start Saturday, wraps up Sunday. We'll have the recap for you next week as we get ready for the playoffs. For Mark, I'm Dan, and this has been the Football Lounge. <laughs>